As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Necessarily the views of this station management or staff. Since individual situations can and will be different, please remember this when exercising any options presented by our guests. Success is equated with excess. The ambition for excess wrecks us. As the top of the mind becomes a bottom line, where success is equated with excess. This is Care for My Wealth with Chris Klein of Capstone Wealth Management, your fee-only investment firm. Now, here's your Care for My Wealth guy, Chris Klein. This is Care for My Wealth right here on Fox Sports 1070 The Game, hanging out this Saturday morning with Mr. Chris Klein of Capstone Wealth Management. You get to learn more about Chris and his team online, careformywealth.com. That's careformywealth.com. The telephone number, 866-596-9886. That's 866 866- Five nine six ninety eight eighty six. Chris, how are you doing this Saturday morning? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm happy that it, we're starting to kind of turn that corner, and we're actually starting to see a little bit of uh, a little bit of spring, little senses of spring here and there. And I got to tell you, if it's a chance to step away from the the TV or step away from the computer, I'm definitely taking it right now. And I don't know that I'm alone in that, Chris. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's funny you say that because over the last week I've commented to a few clients, just, just don't turn on the news. There's nothing that is valuable that you're going to glean from it. And there's certainly nothing good. So you might as well just ignore it and, uh, enjoy some, something outside, you know? Yeah. I, you know, Chris, I was thinking earlier today, is there ever, as we talk about some of this market stuff, is there anything that just surprises you? Cause it feels like as you and I have been doing the show over the past couple of years, we talk about things one week and then by the next week, what you talked about the previous week is what's what's happening. And I was thinking, does Chris ever get surprised by stuff or is, is it all because of, of, of the work that you're doing? Uh, something that, that you're able to have a pretty good idea of where things are going next. Yeah, you know what? That's probably a pretty good question. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I know there have been some things that have occurred from time to time where it's like, well, okay, that was a bit of a surprise. I try to uh, approach the market every single day with the same attitude. And that is one, I don't know. 
-hmm. And two, whatever happens, I'm working towards setting up for tomorrow and next week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, when something might occur that is either said by a, an official or an action that might be taken by the Fed or a response in something market-based to uh, something that may have occurred, yeah, there's always something they're like, huh, that, that's interesting. That's, but we try to look at it from an observation standpoint versus, oh, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> yes. there's too much emotion in markets and there's too much emotion by most investors. They, mm. they, they tend to get too emotional too quickly. And that emotion generates a scenario where your patients become impacted and that tends to, you know, impact your, your decision-making. Um, I think one of the things, and I haven't really thought about it this way before until you asked that question, Sean, but mm -hmm. I think one of the things that may be a little bit surprising to me is, is the, the extent to which we're seeing some of the data get reported um, in terms of like PPI, CPI, you know, that, that kind of data, producer mm -hmm. price index, you know, CPI, consumer price index. I think some of the data that's coming in with respect to that stuff is a little bit surprising. Um, last week, you might remember, we talked about the, uh, the Ireland PPI data being up 106%. Yeah. I mean, that's a little surprising, yeah. a little eye-popping. The Eurozone, they reported their data this past week. Their PPI data is up 36.8%. Now, somebody listening for the first time might say, who cares? <laughs> Who cares about Ireland? Who cares about the Eurozone? For that matter, who cares what our PPI is here? It is what it is. <clears throat> the reason why we care about that particular data point is that CPI, Consumer Price Index, tends to follow the PPI hmm. pretty closely. Not in terms of its actual you know, nominal data of up or down moves, but the, the trend and direction, right? Mm -hmm. And so if the Eurozone PPI is sporting a 36.8% year-over-year increase, well, that's going to bleed into the CPI data. And when that CPI data gets reported, guess what the central banks are going to do? They're going to just tighten their monetary policy even more. Well, if that's the case, and we know that that's true because central banks across the, the, the globe always look at rearview mirror data, well, then that would be helpful to know in terms of how to position your portfolio. And one of the things that, and you know that this is true, Sean, because I have been harping for weeks, if not months now, the extent to which global tightening is going to take place. And it's already in force. It's starting, right? But it's just starting. And last week, one of the things that I pointed out was that we've seen prior to this last Wednesday, but last Saturday, we hadn't had the Fed meeting where they, they announced another 50 basis point uh, increase in the Fed funds, which, of course, they did Wednesday. But on the last Saturday's show, I commented about how they had one 25 basis point increase. And look already what's taking place in risk assets and U.S. equity markets and the bond market, you know, right on down. It's a mess. And what did they do on Wednesday? All they did on Wednesday was come out and say, well, we're just going to be harder, tighter, We've got to get rid of inflation. Inflation is way too high. It's hurting most Americans. All right. Well, that's probably true, but tightening monetary policy into an economic slowdown is not the answer. You're, they're late. And so 
again, to answer your question, if there's any one thing that surprises me is the consistency with which the Fed is late and behind the curve, not just here in the U.S., but everywhere. And so that's why we function in that, in that, that, that process uh, built and founded by Hedgeye Risk Management on growth, inflation, and policy. And the objective is to get the, the rate of change, the speed at which things are changing in both growth and inflation to front run central banks. In this case, the Fed, the, the, you know, the, 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 the European Central Bank, the Bank of England, all these banks, these major central banks to front run their policy. If we know that the central banks, because of what's happening with the rate of change of growth and inflation, is likely to cause them to be tight or loose, it makes the decisions a lot easier in terms of how to build your portfolio. And the only thing that happened on Wednesday when the Fed came out, Sean, mm -hmm. is that they proved to us that they are going to be bolder mm -hmm. in the way they're attacking inflation. And the way they attack inflation is always the same. It's in most cases simply fiddling around with the interest rate cycle, so raising interest rates. But this time there's a little bit something different. Mm -hmm. It's happened before, but maybe not to the extent where it's both at the same time, where they're raising rates and removing liquidity from the system, while at the same time heading into an economic slowdown. That is a disastrous recipe for risk assets. And Sean, I'm telling you, there are still people who just don't believe that what I'm saying is going to be harm harmful and hurtful to risk assets, i.e. stocks, and in many cases, most types of bonds. But I mean, I don't know, when's the first time I said explicitly, hey, look, this is a bear market. And when you're in a bear market, it's sell the rip. If I had to guess, I'd say that was probably sometime in January. Mm -hmm. I'd have to go back and double check our show, Sean. But <laughs> the NASDAQ moved into a bearish trend in December. The S&P 500 moved into a bearish trend on January the 19th. The, the uh, Russell 2000 was in a bear market at the end of December as well. So I'm sure that I said something along the lines of, hey, look, this is a bear market. And now all three major indexes are in bear markets. It's sell the rip time. Don't mess around by just saying, I'm going to just go levered long and buy every dip because you can't buy the dips anymore. And now look what's happened. Just look at a chart of the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ or the Russell 2000. Every dip that has occurred mm -hmm. has not been a buying opportunity. Every rip that has occurred has been a selling opportunity. And some people are at a point right now. I had a I had an interesting uh, conference call that went on uh, this past week, mm -hmm. and uh, one of the speakers was a hedge fund manager. The guy's brilliant. Um, runs a very big fund, but more importantly has been in the game for a very, very long time and has a ton of different contacts and resources that most of us mere mortals would never have access to, right? <laughs> and one of the things that he commented on that I, I don't know was startling to me, but it certainly was, I think, a bit of a wake-up call, was that at some point within the kind of cycle we're in now, where if the Fed is successful in doing what they said they're going to do, raise interest rates two more times at 50 basis points apiece. And I'm going to speak at that just a moment because the jobs report that came out yesterday, I think is valuable. And the CPI report that comes out this next week is going to be even more valuable to that respect. <clears throat> but 
if the Fed is successful in doing exactly what they told us they're going to do, raise interest rates, tighten monetary policy by starting to run their balance sheet down, that, that this whole market environment is really going to start to feel the pain when the leverage starts to come out. In other words, when people start to get rid of the leverage that so much of this market is built on right now. And one of the comments that he made, I think that was surprising to me, you know, back to your surprising theme there, Sean, mm -hmm. is that when he said, I don't know that we're going to get bear market bounces anymore. Oh. Now I said, well, now that's interesting. And he followed it up with, look, we're getting four to 5% moves in indexes in a day. So what, you get a 10% bear market bounce and it takes what, two, three days and you're done? Great point, right? Very, very, very good point. Now, is that the way it plays out? I don't know. All I, all I know is every single day when we wake up and we look at the math of the day of price, volume, and volatility, we have a probable range of motion, a probable range of movement for all the things that tick. And we're just getting this environment where it keeps signaling lower highs, lower lows within bearish trends. And lower highs and lower lows within bearish trends with volatility sticky high. Mm -hmm is a very, very bad combination for anyone who's bullish equities, right? Now, do we get a bear market bounce? I'm not so sure that we see one like what we did in March. Could it happen? Yeah, of course, anything can happen. But we're getting later in the game. And as you get later in the game, more and more and more people start to wake up to it. And as more and more people start to wake up to it and then stop buying the dip, all of a sudden that creates an environment where the floor changes, right? So I don't know that anyone has directly asked me in the last four days, hey, am I going to get a chance to get out anymore? I don't know that I can answer that. All I know is that yesterday when we started the day, uh, we, we, we started the day where the S&P 500 had a probable upside of 4321 and a probable downside of 4036. And inside of roughly, oh gosh, I don't know, yesterday, probably inside uh, within maybe 25, oh gosh, not even, maybe 15 minutes of trading, mm -hmm. that range already shifted lower. Oh. And what I mean by that is, is that the probable range of movement for the S&P 500 took its top end from 4321 down to 42.74 and the low end from 40.36 down to 39.87. Now there's a three handle there in front of the S&P, right? Well, what does that say? It just says that within the next one to three days, that's the probable range that we see. And of course that can shift and it shifts based on what's happening within volatility space. But when you get that kind of movement in the midst of a market day, all it's doing is telling you is that, look, number one, it's a bear market. Number two, it's still a bear market. And number three, it's going to remain a bear market because volatility can't break down. If volatility can't break down, then the bear market doesn't change. And there's nothing that the Fed said on Wednesday that changes that. In fact, I... I sat and I listened to that press conference. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, thank you for do you doing that know for the rest of us. Yes. <laughs> what'd you say? Yeah. I said, this is the biggest pile of steaming BS that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> what do you mean? 
I said, look, everything that he's saying is unequivocally, unequivocally not true. Oh, the labor market, or the U.S. economy is strong. No, it's not. Okay. You want to tell me that the U.S. economy is strong, but yet this last week we had a report that came out from ADP on small business. They lost 120,000 jobs month over month, and, and that is the fourth largest decrease in history for that index. You want to tell me that the economy is strong? Really? Let's go through all the numbers that we're seeing in terms of earnings and look at the decelerations that are happening and the way that their stocks are getting treated if they miss or guide lower. I mean, companies are getting pounded for 20, 30, 40% in a day just simply because they missed their earnings by maybe, I don't know, a couple of pennies, or maybe they made their earnings, but they guided the next quarter lower. That is not strength. That is not strong. <clears throat> and yesterday's jobs report was kind of like, eh, whatever. Nothing great, nothing bad. And a lot of people will look at that and go, well, that's a good thing, right? No, it's terrible. Well, why is it terrible? Because there's nothing in there that gives the Fed a reason to back off. In fact, all it did was embolden them because they're looking at it saying, yeah, well, well we just got to continue to work so that we can keep inflation down and keep employment high. All right. Well, next, next week is the CPI data, right? And it's going to have an eight handle in front of it. Well, what happens if it's higher than expected? Which, by the way, there's a pretty decent probability that can happen. And the reason that that can happen is that a very large portion of the basket of things that makes up the headline CPI data is energy and housing. Well, gee, what's two things over the last month that have gone up a fair amount in terms of value in in price? And well, you, yeah, housing and, and, and oil, right? Look, if that comes in hotter than what the, the expectation is, and I think there's a very high probability that could happen, the only thing the Fed's going to see on that is, see, see, this is why we have to work harder by raising interest rates even faster mm. and actually getting rid of monetary liquidity by rolling our balance sheet off faster. This is why if you understand rate of change movement in growth and inflation, you can front run what the Fed does. And if you front run what the Fed does, you can keep yourself in a position to either make money from their mistakes or at the very least not get run over. Right now, Sean, there are a lot of people getting run over. I'm going to ask you about that in just a moment as we talk this morning with Chris Klein of Capstone Wealth Management, the website careformywealth.com. That's careformywealth.com. The telephone number 866-596-9886. That's 866-596-9886. You've been hawking the horn, Chris, for a while. And I, as we're talking about, about people, you know, things that may surprise you, I will tell you what surprised me is um, – the fact that people don't that are people are seeing all of this stuff, they're hearing you each and every week honking the horn saying don't get run over, and they're still not taking action. They're still allowing themselves to get run over. That surprises me a lot. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that people have for so many years been conditioned by the what's called the Fed put. Mm. Meaning there's a floor underneath which the Fed is willing to capitulate and change. And I'll tell you, you listen to his presser on Wednesday, mm -hmm. there was nothing in that conversation that suggested he's willing to put a floor in. You know, he kind of gave the middle finger to the whole Fed put deal. In fact, he even he even compared himself softly to, 
to Fed President Volcker. Now, if anyone doesn't know who that is, that's the guy that took interest rates like to the moon in an attempt to kill the inflation cycle that was going on in the 70s. <laughs> I'm not so sure that comparing myself to him, if I'm a market participant, is something I'd want to hear. <laughs> no. In fact, it's not. So this whole mantra that the, that the economy is strong, let me give you a few more data points as to why I sat there in front of my screens listening to that saying, oh my, I can't even believe this. That is an abject lie. That is not true. So the whole quad four cycle, mm -hmm. which is deceleration of growth and inflation. People say, well, inflation is not decelerating. Look, it's sticky high and it's going to stay there as long as we continue to see energy and housing do what they're doing. But if it decelerates on a sequential basis, quarter over quarter, and on a year over year basis, by even 20 basis points or less, it's a deceleration. And when you get that type of deceleration, it tells you where you are on the economic cycle. That's the likelihood of what we'll see over the next several months is this starting of deceleration of inflation, but yet it remains high. That's the kick in the face for a consumer. You're watching growth decelerate. You don't feel inflation decelerate, but it is. So markets get whacked and you pay higher prices. That, that's not a good combination. But let me give you a few of these data points in terms of some quad four data that, frankly, right now is way worse than it was in March. So the ISM services data came out for, for April, and it slowed again. New orders hit a 15-month low. The ISM services employment calculations slowed to a contractionary number of 49 and a half. That's down from 54 in March. The ADP small business employment slowed, which I mentioned, which is the fourth uh, most in history at 120,000 jobs down. Again, these are small businesses. These are the engines of American, in, of, of American ingenuity and growth, right? Those are not good data points. Those are not things that we want to see. And yet, what did we get? Well, you got this classic kind of a bear trap cycle going on where, where you get these bouncing you know, values of these, these stocks to lower highs, right? And the ones that are bouncing to lower highs are garbage names, names with maybe no revenue. You know, for example, here's a company for you. Mm -hmm. This one makes me crazy. Nikola has no revenue. They haven't even built a truck for crying out loud. They're supposed to be an electric semi-manufacturer, right? Yes. Well, this past week on Wednesday and Thursday, the stock was up a grand total of nine and a half percent. What? On what? <laughs> <laughs> they bounce the bad stocks to lower highs and the good stocks. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. They start selling, right? That is a classic bear trap environment. And then you start looking at the retailers and you say, well, my goodness, the retailers, they're going to have a problem. So, well, why? Well, have you looked at cotton? I mean, so this past week, there was a day where cotton was up 3% on the day. It was up 10% week over week, up 14% month over month. Don't you think that's going to impact some of the clothing retailers? Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> that's an input cost. That's not a good thing to have. You know, your input costs are going gangbusters and uh, and you're not another company came out and announced earnings a, a company by the name of world acceptance corporation okay. world acceptance corporation is one of these companies it's kind of a oh i don't know like a lender of last resort maybe okay. and what they found was that their delinquency rates are going up people are struggling right mm-hmm. they can't pay the bills that they that they have and we know that to be true i mean half the people in this country are struggling and that's only accelerating right now. What was the statistic that we talked a few months ago that like half the people in this country have less than $5,000 saved? Yeah. And yet we're experiencing one of the most rapid growth in terms of, of net inflation expenses in a generation. I mean, th- this is a cycle where, where real problems are impacting real people, right? And and yet Powell gets on the presser and starts talking about being vulgar and reiterated two more rate hikes at a minimum 50 basis points apiece. Talked about strong labor markets. And I just pointed out how that's not true. And here we are willing to accept letting these officials lie to us. What's wrong with us? It's insanity. So if you can't change that, which, oh, by the way, I can't. (laughs) They don't call me for my opinion, that's for sure. The least you can do is pay attention to your portfolio. And I'm telling you, the old Wall Street pie chart of 60-40 stock bond, risk parity as it's called, is garbage. Throw it out the window. It doesn't work anymore. And I don't know that it's going to work in the foreseeable future. For crying out loud, long-term treasuries are down, what, 20% year to date? And then you put on top of that the NASDAQ down over 20% from its cycle peak. What what a great portfolio that is. I'm I'm down, you know, whoa, <laughs> hallelujah. You have to have a risk management process whenever a bear market is in place. And at the very least, maintain your capital. And if that means moving to the sidelines while all this stuff blows by, fine. If you want to attempt to make some money on the sidelines while the whole thing is blown over, the only way to do that is to have the right allocations for the right things in the right economic quadrant. <clears throat> and if you're doing that, then there's probably some short activity that's going on in the portfolio too, where you're making money when markets fall. So on Wednesday, the Fed comes out, goes nuts. Everybody yells, hallelujah, they're not raising rates 75 basis points and the stock market goes up, right? Mm-hmm. On no good economic news, as I've pointed out, on, <laughs> on no real killing of the inflationary monster, but yet, 500 on the day goes up 2.99%. You know what I was doing that day? Shorting the market like crazy, right? Why? Because the volatility metric, VIX, for the S&P 500 hit the lowest level that we've seen in a while in terms of its calculated range. 
That is a huge signal to add to your shorts, which we did. The next day, what's the market give us? S&P's down 4 point, or excuse me, 3.56%. NASDAQ was down almost 5%. The actions, the particular motions and particular movements that you make in a particular day have particular meaning in a bear market as you move forward. So for us, when markets were down 5% on Thursday, our portfolios were up about 1.5%. Nice. Now, does that happen every single time markets move? No, of course not. But when you have something where you're able to take advantage of the uninformed volume at the edges, like what happened on Wednesday, it helps you get set up for the next thing. That movement that took place on Wednesday in terms of pushing the market up the way that it did was a clear, specific signal to either sell your positions and get out of the way or short it. If at least, if you wanna make some money on the downside or short it to cover some of the long positions that you own and trying to you know, maybe stay neutral. That's a strategy that some will use as well. So you take all these things together and you just step back and I, and I ask myself this all the time, am I bearish enough? It's a good question. And I don't know that, that I am, but at the same time, we're right in the middle of, of, of Q2 and this is the heart of the environment where the worst data is going to come out, Q2. And that Q2 data isn't going to get reported until Q3. Well, right now, the, the, the data that has come out, and again, as you know, we've, 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 we do our risk management partnership along with, uh, with Hedgeye Risk Management. We rely on their analysts very, very heavily. Mm-hmm. They have a now casting system. And the now casting system provides real-time data put into algorithmic systems and various forms of, of, of AI that helps to keep the forecasting now, very real time. And just this past week, it changed to show a quad four cycle, decelerating growth, decelerating inflation, happening through Q1 of 2023. Yeah, that's new. (laughs) That's absolutely new. Trying to manage a quad four cycle for an entire year is not easy if all you're doing is sitting on the stuff that everybody owns. And you just got to be careful about the types of funds inside 401ks that all look the same. Go look at the top 20 positions of the large cap mutual funds you own in your 401k right now. And I will just shy a guarantee you that it's all the same stuff. Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, Netflix, Visa, MasterCard, and a couple of financials like J.P. Morgan. Hmm. J.P. Morgan, financials in general, bearish trend, every one of them. Why? Because the yield curve was inverted, and it's probably going to invert again. Financials get creamed when that happens, right? Again, this is a dangerous market. I sent an email out to clients this last week. And Sean, I don't know. Are you on that list? I, I, I did remember. get to, I did get an email from you this week, and I thought this is this is fan. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm on your list. I am definitely on your <laughs> list. <laughs> I, I try to include you from time to time yeah. so that you can see what I'm sending, so that we when we come to this show as a yeah. host, maybe it's uh, it's helpful for you. But one of the things that I commented on is I said, look, this is a very dangerous market because there are so many things happening underneath the surface that are still not being paid attention to. Mm by enough people. And there will be people who will say, well, yeah, but this thing has sold off 
and it's sold off so much that the Fed's going to capitulate. Really? That's not what they told us Wednesday. That's not what their actions said. And that's not what the data that's coming is going to give them cover to do. And not only that, but Jim Cramer said you should buy stocks. So I absolutely want to short more. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Talking this morning with Chris Klein of Capstone Wealth Management, the website careformywealth.com. That's careformywealth.com. Great website, great resource to learn more about Chris and his team. Now is the time, though, to make contact with Chris. Pick up the phone. Give him a call. 866-596-9886. That's 866 866- 596-9886-866-596-9886 for Chris Klein and Capstone Wealth Management. Email info at careformywealth.com. So we'll head on over the pond. Maybe things in Europe and the Eurozone looking good. We'll get the details if that's true or if that is absolutely not the case. We'll find out from Chris next as Care For My Wealth continues right here. Fox Sports 1070, the game. This is Care for My Wealth here, Fox Sports 1070, the game, talking with Chris Klein of Capstone Wealth Management. Every week, Chris and I could probably do two, three, four, five, six hours. There's just so much information <laughs> Chris has. Don't forget, if you do want to get caught up on previous programs or if you ever have questions, um, you can, of course, head on over to careformywealth.com, listen back to those podcasts. You can also email info at careformywealth.com. The best thing to do, the most important thing to do right now is give them a call, 866-596-9886. That's 866-596-9886. A lot of great information this week, as always, Chris. And uh, before before I forget, you had mentioned to me the Eurozone. Um, Europe's not in very good shape at all, is it? No, it's not. Uh, you know, let me let me follow up just one point before mm-hmm. we, we get to that. You know, right at the end of last segment, I commented that, hey, Jim Cramer tells everybody to buy stocks, so I want to short more. <laughs> you know, I don't want to give the impression that I'm trying to, you know, bang on anybody because I'm not. I mean, Jim back in the 80s was an amazing trader. I mean, in the 90s, he he had a hedge fund that really, really was good. My point in pointing that out was that the game has changed significantly. And when you don't change when the game changes and you use the old rules by which you used to succeed but doesn't work anymore, that is a disaster. In fact, somebody actually created an inverse Jim Cramer index, and it's beating the S&P like by... 30% or some crazy oh, wow. number. <laughs> yeah, meaning they literally did the opposite of what he said. Yes. If he said buy something, they shorted it. If he said short something, they oh, bought it. Gosh. I, I th- To me, that's amazing. But what it points to, and, th- and this is the point that I was wanting to make, and clumsily, I didn't do a very good job of it. I just wanted to make the point that the game has significantly changed. And so if you're hoping by all hope to succeed based on the way that things have always happened with risk parity models of 60, 40, this or 70, 30, that I'm telling you, the game has changed to the point where those things are not going to give you the success that they once did. Hmm. Now, might they be successful? Yeah, but you got to define what, what success is, right? I mean, if success is just making some money, okay, fine. I want to define success as being able to create alpha, generate returns in excess of a benchmark, right? That's that's always the objective. But at any rate, hopefully that makes sense mm-hmm. that you, you just got to come to understand the way the game pl- is played today is just very, very different. And hoping to achieve success with the old way um, doesn't function. 
Uh, yes, across the pond, Europe, it's a mess, train wreck. Uh, Germany's a mess, Spain's a mess, Poland's a mess, Norway's a mess, uh, Italy's a mess. Um, I don't know, should I go on? China's a train wreck. Uh, Taiwan's a mess, Australia looks terrible. Um, the one country that's still bullish trade and trend, <laughs> Indonesia. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Indonesia, that's the literally the only one. France is a train wreck. I mean, I don't know. Did I kind of mention them all at this point? I think so. Yes. <laughs> the whole Eurozone is in the same boat that the United States is in, in terms of too much leverage, tightening cycles into economic slowdowns, central banks that are centrally planning from the rearview mirror. All of it is exactly the same. And, you know, the fragility in today's economy it's just considerably higher because of all that leverage that's out there. I know most people don't think of or see the extent to which that, that leverage exists, but you know, here's something that, that I think might be helpful to understand that. Total United States non-financial private debt and public debt when you combine them is now up to 282% of our GDP, our gross domestic product. That's up 26 percentage points just over the 3Q 2018 levels. <laughs> that's that's significant. That is huge. That's that's Japan kind of mess environment, right? Japan's a mess too, by the way. I think I commented on them last week. The whole world is awash in way too much debt and it's rapidly coming to the point, and we know this because this is what the Fed is essentially saying, that that game is over, right? If that's true, and if they follow through on that, which it appears that they are, that sucking of, of, of leverage out of the system mm -hmm. is going to absolutely crush risk assets because that's how it works. Talking this morning with Chris Klein of Capstone Wealth Management, the website careformywealth.com. That's careformywealth.com. So we're talking with Chris this morning. You've been following the markets the past few weeks, been listening to the program as well. It reinforces the need to call Chris today, 866-596-9886. Call Chris, get to know him, learn how he can help you. Again, the telephone number, 866-596-9886. The website careformywealth.com. That's careformywealth.com. Email info at careformywealth.com. Most important thing to do, though, this morning, give Chris a call. 866-596-9886. 866-596-9886. We'll continue our conversation with Chris next as Care For My Wealth continues right here. Fox Sports 1070, the game. Care for my wealth right here on Fox Sports 1070. The game gave you the number right before the break. I'll give it a couple more times this segment as well. Give you a chance to pick up the uh, pencil or, of course, pick up the phone. Give Chris a call. 866-596-9886. That's 866-596-9886. Chris, as we're wrapping up this week, I know there is a ton ton of stuff um, that we could talk about. There's a lot of really important stuff as we've been talking about this week going on in the markets. What's kind of the big takeaway right now? What are some of those things that, that people just really need to be aware of these days? Um, 
just anyone tuning in for the first time might think, man, I don't like this guy. He's really negative. <laughs> you know me, Sean. I'm really not that negative of a guy. And yes, we will see little bits and fits and starts of, uh, of, of bear market rallies that take place. But the biggest takeaway is the simple fact that we're inside of an economic cycle that experiences deceleration of growth, disinflation, but not disinflation to the extent that it's helpful for us as, as consumers, at least not yet alongside the fact that we have deteriorating economic data. And I went over that So in today's show. Again, just glimpses of it. There's, there's lots and lots more data that we continue to see on an ongoing day-by-day, week-over-week basis that are deteriorating. And again, when you understand and recognize the extent to which leverage exists in the system, mm-hmm. it, it just it really should be waking you up that if, in fact, the Fed is pulling the put away from the system by eliminating. And what are they doing? They're talking about another 150 basis point rate increase between May, June, and July, along with $500 billion in quantitative tightening by the end of the year. Now think about that. Now that's a small amount on their balance sheet. Their balance sheet's $9 trillion. Taking off 500 billion is kind of like, you know, whatever. But taking 500 billion and essentially removing it from the system, right? Tightening that monetary condition into an economic slowdown. That's just really bad. The number one asset allocation in a quad four cycle, but specifically this one's the US dollar. Uh, the US dollar is up like 10% the, the from just the last Fed meeting, <laughs> not this Wednesday, but the prior one. A strong and rising dollar is one of these things that's costly to growth because it depresses net exports, right? And you can you can just come to understand that by the 22% month-over-month surge that's taken place in the U.S. trade deficit. It's now like a record $110 billion, which is the March data, which is all that we have so far. So there's this destabilizing effect that takes place on dollar-based global systems and, and when that destabilization starts taking place with debt that's denominated in dollars, you can see why it's one of our number one asset allocations. Gold is another one, but gold is a rates play. Everyone thinks it's an inflation play. It's not. It trades inverse to real rates. And when we come into this cycle where the market really does pay attention to and wake up to the fact that the Fed is, is in the midst of Operation Break Stuff, <laughs> the rates market will break and that will cause rates to ultimately start to come down so much. So we've got to the point now where we started legging in to some fixed income positions very slowly, but methodically, methodically get it out, Chris, come on early (laughs) Saturday morning. So, so that's just simply because we're anticipating and expecting those rates ultimately to stop their ramp, you know, mm-hmm. the the really strong bullish run that uh, that has taken place. So a lot of takeaways to what's going on. I'm not, you know, one of these people that want to sit here and try and scare you into action. That's not what my point mm-hmm. is. My point is simply trying to bring to you the specific data that's taking place at specific times to help you recognize that the particular matters, not the average of things. And when you make those choices and decisions for yourself, your family, it's simply designed to try and help you protect your capital. That's it. That's a, that's all I want to achieve on this show is to help you protect your capital and then eventually help you grow it, right? Eventually, we're going to get out of this quad four cycle. But while we're in it, 
you got to learn how to navigate it. And I'm telling you, this is literally one of the hardest markets that I've had to trade in a like my lifetime. It's not done. It's just not. There's just no evidence that suggests to us that this thing is over. And so that, I think, along with the points that I made on the continuation of Quad 4, uh, is is the biggest takeaway. It's where we're at. Really important show this week. And don't forget, if you missed any of the previous programs, you heard Chris also mention their Operation Break stuff. Uh, Chris went into a little bit of detail uh, last week as well about about that stuff. Make sure you're listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast, share that information with your friends. Also share it out on social media. You can listen back to the program. Just head on over to careformywealth.com or foxsports1070thegame.com and uh, you can get the uh, podcast there. Again, it's foxsports1070 or careformywealth.com. As promised, I'll get you the telephone number to give Chris a call one more time, 866-596-9886. That's 866-596-9886, 866-596-9886. Email info at careformywealth.com. That's I-N-F-O at careformywealth.com. Chris, it's always great hanging out with you. Thank you for all the great information. You have a fantastic weekend. Thanks very much. I hope you do as well. And next week, if you remind me, I'm going to give you a slew of things to look for that 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 you should know when a market is bottoming. And oh, by the way, none of them exist right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, definitely. As we say in the business, stay tuned. In the meantime, pick up the phone, give Chris a call, 866-596-9886. This is Care For My Wealth here, Fox Sports 1070, The Game. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.